This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today's episode is brought to you by audible.com. Audible.com is the best resource out there for finding and discovering new audiobooks. Visit audible.com slash mad, that's audible.com slash M-A-D, to sign up and receive your first audiobook free. Whoa, free. Thanks, Audible. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Brian Gill, what's the movie of the week? This week's movie of the week, my dear Kent, my dear Richard. Mm. We're talking James Bond. We're talking Daniel Craig. We're talking Christoph Waltz. We're talking Spectre. That was unrehearsed just now, Brian? Unrehearsed. (laughs) Did it sound good? You should be a poet, yes. I just put a little beat behind me next time, like a little drum bit going, a little bongo. It'll be <laughs> beat poetry. Yeah. Well, Paul Simon says definitely add more bongos. <laughs> so that that's what I want from my New York singer songwriters. Hey guys, <laughs> how's everything going? It's well. How are you? I'm I'm stupendous. It feels like it's been a while. Oddly, tonight. I know, and it hasn't. It's been exactly the amount of time it normally is. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're growing apart as friends. And it's it hurts my soul to talk about. You know, time can seem large or small depending on one's life. Uh, it's it's officially that time, guys. We're kind of amongst the. We are in the winter blockbuster season. The best. This is the best. There was officially too many movies to see this past weekend. I didn't get to see Peanuts. I'm going to put Oops. it on hold. I'm sorry. You know how much I've been I've been anticipating. I know. I saw it. of peanuts. You saw it? I did. I took my kid last night on a school night. Look at Whoa, me. Cool you're a terrible parent. I know, right? Do you want to do a mini review now or do you want to save it or for an episode? Um, maybe there's no somewhere? way we could do an episode on it. I don't. I don't oh, you like saw. It's, oh, it's like not yeah. one of those. Okay. I mean, it's it's really it's cute. It's fun. It was very uh, nostalgia filled. I enjoyed it quite a bit. My kid was totally locked in for about 45 minutes, which is great. That's that's a higher level of locked in than most of the movies that we go see. Uh, I would recommend it to any parent or fan of, of Peanuts in general. Um, and it's a it's a solid B, B-plus kind of movie. Did you see it in 3D? No. No. There's <laughs> no. I, I can't keep my kid to sit still, you know, for like oh, two true. seconds. Little so ones don't like the glasses. On, yeah, yeah. He would have flipped out. Yeah, yeah even I, like, I get annoyed with those glasses <laughs> yeah, after yeah. 20 minutes. So. Right. So, no, just, just a 2D, had the theater almost completely to ourselves, uh, as you will, at a kid's movie at 6.30 on a Monday night. And uh, it was a blast. <laughs> what a good time. So, you're going to have to see Star Wars in not 3D the fifth time you see it. The third time I see it will not be in 3D. I've, I've got my tickets four times. <laughs> so, first two times in 3D. You know what, Brian, one, though? One of those honestly, you might need to secure a fifth because you never know. I know. You just never know. Late, I figured later <laughs> in the weekend, like Sunday evening, it'll be I, I'll be able to pick up tickets at some point. So. Uh, to get a fifth in? Yeah, just to <laughs> round out the weekend the way it should be. I think I uh, 
So here's a little little tip. I ha- I get three weeks of vacation from my real job, mm-hmm. and there is no way that I could ever take three weeks of actual vacation during a, a year. And so at the end of the year, I'm like counting up my days and trying to figure out how in the world I can spend all of these vacation days. I think I will be done with work on December 15th and won't go back until uh, January 4th or something like yeah. that. So like at that point... Kid. Yeah, so that whole uh, Thursday Friday of Star Wars is just completely locked into Star Warsness. You might is... just you should just see it every day for two weeks and I just thought report about it. and just yeah. podcast every single time <laughs> for an hour. Part of me like I I don't want it to be because I'm excited for it too. But part yeah. of me like what if it is just episode one <laughs> level and you guys have committed to this many tickets yeah, and showings. And it's I can tell unwatched. you right now. I know I, I'm gonna at least want to see it twice. It, re, yeah. Episode one worthy or not? I, I I wanted to see episode one a couple of times, even though if, though I didn't like it. Yeah, but. I mean, look, I was 16, I think, when episode one came out, and it took me about six months to admit that it was not a good movie. Maybe longer. Like I just couldn't. My head would not accept that Star <laughs> Wars could be bad. I hope it opens so. with like a a just <laughs> Chewy getting. Tortured <laughs> and then cuts by back. Jar Jar. <laughs> no, <laughs> and Brian's just eyes wide open, like I'm gonna have to sit through this seven more times. <laughs> Looking down at your tickets in your lap yeah. for some reason, sweeping. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I, I can pr- seven, pretty much guarantee you guys are gonna you. have to uh, be the the conscience, I guess, for me. Once we come on, if it's bad, y'all are gonna have to y'all are gonna have to carry the load on that because I will just fight you. I think. I think <laughs> and be like, no, it was great and. JJ's my hero, and I just won't be able to well, take it. I'm confident it. that we're we're seeing it at I think 10 o'clock on the 17th, so the yeah. lead into the 18th in huh. 3D IMAX 3D, by the way, which I suggest. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to that fire. I'm going to that theater and pulling the fire alarm. So, it's- <laughs> no. but but Brian's going to have seen it at seven that night. So yeah. you're going to come straight there. But I anticipate your the your whole face is going to be red from tears. Yeah. Like you're going to be still crying by the time you get to the theater yeah. to see us. There's a good chance. A good chance. <laughs> so you know how cousin Sal does the thing where like on Jimmy Kimmel, where he tells everyone to like tell their kids, their parents uh, ate their, that they ate their Halloween candy yeah. or like to pull the plug on the Super Bowl right at the last play of the game. I'm encouraging all the mad about movies listeners, pull the fire alarm at every theater <laughs> showing star Wars at 10 o'clock to midnight. You're going to have a lot of angry emails from me. But, uh. First time I saw the new Force Awakens trailer in the theater during Spectre. Uh-huh. So, Richard, really? thoughts? Okay, guys, yeah. I saw the trailers. I've seen, I've caught up now on Star Wars trailers. Um, I, I'm, I'm encouraged. I think they're awesome. Um, the, the new one, um, I don't know. I saw them in backwards order. So I saw the new one first when I saw Spectre, and then I I went back and I, well, I figured I might as well see the, the first one. Um, I like it, it a lot more. The first, the one that you guys were nerding out about three weeks ago, whenever that was, is a great mm-hmm. trailer. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that one's very good trailer. I still haven't seen the uh, the Japanese one. Neither have I. Yeah, I didn't want to watch. I, that I think one. I'm gonna. That might be too spoilery. So, what did you think of the of the the one we were nerding out about. What did you really think? Impressions. We've already. There's no spoilers you can go into, Richard. Please. On the Star Wars trailer. Yes. Um. Yeah. So there's like the kind of Darth Vader's son piece in the uh, full Darth Vader costume. I don't know. It seems like a like 
they spun Darth Vader. I don't know enough to yeah. Yeah. go on that much. Uh, <laughs> they did spun. They spun Darth Vader. That's a good <laughs> good way to say it. Yeah. He looked and he said, "I'm gonna you know avenge you or whatever." I don't know. Um, there was no Mark Hamill, so I've I've heard that the rumor is that, that could he could have gone to the dark side is a hot popular take. Yeah. Um, you listen to our episode. It's okay. I didn't, but uh, you will now. I, it's an hour of that trailer. If you I would like know to. what it is, I, yes. I, I enjoy both of you, regardless of. I think what it's I actually say. like more than an hour, but that's really. <laughs> it, um, we're, we're past this. And then uh, what else? I'm trying to think. It's been several days. What else did I enjoy about it? Uh, oh, the big kind of monster creature design was. It was. It seems more bound to a single planet than i thought it doesn't seem like it takes place much in space i think so too Mm -hmm. yeah there are a few different environments or there's a there's a kind of jungle planet and there's obviously the desert planet that's that's all that i've seen really yeah maybe some snow i've seen maybe a couple screenshots of snow maybe not in the trailers but other places so hoth maybe i don't know i'll cut you open and watch the movie from inside of you i have a feeling there's going to be something in this movie that's just going to throwback either to the first original trilogy or something that's going to just blow everyone's minds that nobody's yeah. anticipating that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I won't get that at all. And I'll yeah. be bad later. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for our Star for... Wars pods with, yeah. with Richard because, <laughs> because I know like we, we make fun of Richard. We'll just let the listener, we, we make fun of Richard for, mm. we act like he doesn't like he hates Star Wars actually. Not even that he doesn't like it. And that's not true at all. No, I like Star Wars uh, a lot. You're just not an uber Star Wars nerd. Yes. Um, I, the like, last time I saw deny. Star Wars, I was probably like 13. I'm going sure. to rewatch them, though, before this. Yeah. Not so, the new stuff, but the, the right. original trilogy I plan on watching. I have, I have it queued up. So I'm exci- And I'm excited, too. I do, I do really like Star Wars. Yeah. We just like part to, of my childhood. But right. I, you know. We, we, we like I, to poke a little fun at him, but he does like it. But it is a di- he has a different, you will have a different take. Yes. If it's bad, I, I will know. Good. Yeah, that's yeah. The difference. Totally. Whereas there's other stuff that I would. There are movies, you know, that I, uh, that's inverted in other movies too. I think I'll be able to tell if it's bad, but will I like it? Is a different thing. Yeah, I think I'll, I, will, I might like it regardless if it's bad or not. I don't like Episode One. I think I, I think I might like the new one even if it sucks because I love. I don't know popcorn. I, pop, I've I've grown to love popcorn movies more. Episode one ruined my childhood, so I'll never love that. But go ahead. <laughs> I was like that with uh, I love that first Pirates of the Caribbean movie so much, and then I, it took me a while to acknowledge that the second and third were in fact awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. That's that's the way it goes. So I, I'm excited to get your thought. I, I just think we'll have a, a well-rounded me just over here to you know and can't somewhere. I'm between telling you, you're going to be so. still in tears when, yeah. when we see you. And totally. You're gonna get, it's going to roll credits yeah. into the next showing and you're yeah. gonna jason be, will probably yeah. have to drive me over that's exactly that's, probably... that's why you got him as a kind of a designated yeah, driver in case you're yeah. you've passed out after <laughs> the movie <laughs> wow yeah can't just, wait i'm really excited for when we find out that luke skywalker actually started DraftKings. that's that's my biggest fear at this point we're less than 40 days away which is crazy to think about wow. a month away wow. didn't we didn't this news break like right before we started the podcast right right after Right after, no, right okay. before, right no, before. right, like yeah. the literally the month before we started. Yeah, we were always texting, kind of planning Halloween. the show, what the show was going to yeah. be. Yeah, and then that news broke, and then we. Pr- yeah. I think we talked about it on our first episode. I think we Correct did too. So it's wrong. it's kind of the uh, the story of of 
Mad About Movies sort of parallels the production of Star Wars, and I don't think that that is a, uh, an overstatement, that we are as big. We are the official podcast of Star Wars, uh, patent pending. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, lawsuit pending as well, right. but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, we could just make this uh, po- uh, Star Wars podcast tonight instead of Spectre. I'm, no. I'm in favor of that. I'm in favor. we got to talk Spectre. <laughs> you guys can. I'll be here. How about that? <laughs> Kit tried so hard to get out of this episode. I did. He I did, did not want to talk about Spectre. <laughs> I do not. I can't wait like, to we talk thought, about it, actually. We, Richard and I thought maybe you had a concert or something that you wanted to go to tonight or something. No, like you were just no trying, it's like, just, just I really don't, don't talk I about really just didn't want to talk about this for an hour. By the way, we have a guest who will hopefully be joining us. And if yeah, not, hopefully then we'll maybe see. we'll reschedule him. He still hasn't uh, messaged me back. So we'll we'll pull the old Matt Damon, Jimmy Kimmel bit. <laughs> Sorry we missed you, but you'll never be on the show. We should rip that bit off and just pick a random celebrity mm-hmm. and uh, start that. I mean, David I'm, Stratham or what's that guy's <laughs> name? We got a question the other day on Bill email. Montaigne. Somebody <laughs> asked us why we do the Frasier song at the end of <laughs> yeah. the uh, of our our it's episodes, great. and it's I can't remember. I literally can't remember why why we watching, started doing it. There was a short time where I was, um, like, I think I was between jobs. I had some time off before I started something new, and I was watching Frasier every morning at 9 a.m. because I was just going insane. And uh, and so that song was just always in my head, and I just started singing it on the podcast, and then Kent started singing it along with me, and then we just laughed hysterically. So the, the origin story is not very exciting. <laughs> it was very organic, though. And then okay. we started. I feel like we talked about it before on the show, or there was some. Maybe There's it was some... in. It was in an episode. It wasn't like an off the air thing that why we started doing. It. I just can't remember. If you're a listener, you remember why we started playing the Frasier song at the end of the show. Let us know because we don't remember. But uh, that's a good little bit of trivia for all involved. What do we got on the news docket this evening? A a big bag of nothing. <laughs> like <laughs> there's. I, I wrote down nothing in our run sheet for news because I just couldn't find anything that was. Uh, What's of, an update on the value. TV pilots? Anything you want to talk TV? Up? Any just an update on the pilots we did? Yeah. What are you watching? What are we watching? What are we still watching? I have stuck with uh, Limitless. I'm a couple episodes behind, but that's been a fairly enjoyable have it on in the background while I do other things kind of show. So that's you know that's always good. I I like having two or three of those shows in the in the rotation just because I I can't always watch Narcos or Mad Men or something like that, you know, that really takes my mm-hmm. 100% of my attention. I started watching Narcos the other day and but I I'm working on other projects and I a lot just of Spanish. I can't. A lot of Spanish. Yeah, there's no way I can watch this show without just staring at the TV the whole time. A lot of Portuguese. So, yeah. So yeah. Limitless has been fun. It's got a it's got a fun tone. It's much uh it's like the it's like the perfect CBS show. Like it's it's not super CBSy mm-hmm. to where I like roll my eyes the whole time, but but it has that very uh, comfortable, familiar feeling to it that you get with the with the CBS show. So I, I I've I've kind of enjoyed it. Have you seen Supergirl yet? I have. I watched the first episode, and I have the next two. I guess on my DVR. Have you guys? So you DVR'd that? it. I did more out of just curiosity of what okay. it was going to become. What, what did you think, honestly? I thought it was bad. <laughs> I, I thought it was bad, but I but I but I'll say this. And I had this argument with uh with uh, a couple of our friends, but um it's not a good show, but pilots usually stink. And so 
the one thing that I will give it is that I have railed hard against Superman in movie and TV in 2015 because I just don't I don't feel like they're getting the tone right ever. And I'm not sure that I'm not totally sure that Superman has a place in 2015 society. Like I, I'm just never I'm always bored by Superman. I don't feel like there are stakes. I, I, the tone well, is Dean always. Dean Kane begs to differ, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zack Snyder begs to differ, but okay. <laughs> just pre- hitting those reps so hard right now. Oh, um, but Ooh, Dean Kane. <laughs> yeah, totally. Making Dean Kane shows up in the pilot, by the way, of a uh, Supergirl, which huge definitely cowboy shows. fan, by the way. Dean Kane, yeah. shout yeah. out. Go ahead. Have shows you guys out- ever heard the John Mulaney joke on Dean Kane? No, I don't uh, think I have. Well, you should look that up. John Mulaney, new special coming out this week. I know, I'm excited. Shout out. Yeah, come on the show, John. We'd love to talk to you. That's my, <laughs> I think that's my favorite stand-up album ever. Is, uh, oh, that's a great one, New in Town. So good, so good. I, th- I thought it was on that where he says he, says, uh, he was watching Law & Order, Special Victims or something, and uh, one of the people on the police lineup was Dean Cain. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like playing a part, and he was yeah. hoping that the girl doing the lineup would just go, is that yeah. Dean Cain? Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he's just playing himself in a police yes. lineup. <laughs> uh. So good. <laughs> Greatness. Uh, to finish the thought, I think Supergirl gets the tone of Superman right. Like it's supposed to be, he's supposed to be like a beacon of hope in a dark world, you know, and... That has always been, I think, quite muddled by every Superman adaptation up to this point, and it kind it has that right now. Is there anything else going for it? The, the girl who plays Supergirl is 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 okay. I'm not sure that, but the show's not for us. Like it's for, I mean, it's for 12 year old girls, really. And so you know, it it has its place in the world. But I'm gonna watch another episode or two just to kind of get a feel for. Is it going to get any better? But I'm not. Uh, I'm not totally. I'm not sold. That's for sure. Did either of you guys watch it? No. Okay. At least I'm not. This is not hyperbole. At least eight times in this one hour episode, <laughs> someone said something to the effect of, "What? You don't think she can do it because she's a girl?" No. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was pretty, one of those. Oh. Yeah. That that part was pretty brutal. So. Uh, like in your face feminism. Yeah, just yeah, but but not in any kind of a, a meaningful way, you know, right, or yeah. or good. So that's yeah, that's the fun part. No, I haven't caught up with any shows or stayed up stayed up to date with many of the shows we talked about, um, really at all. Fargo, new yeah. season of Fargo. Been watching Richard, that every week. Love dude, it. Are you watching that, Richard? Nope. Oh. No, I'm doing it just to spite both of you. <laughs> all right, can't you and I need to do an ep after the. We After didn't do season. one on season one because Richard's I know. like, yeah, I'm going to watch it, and then we'll do an episode. <laughs> Never happened, and now it's yeah. too late, and Richard's I think he's late. just mad because I said that it was better than The Americans. So Yeah, that's... he does spite you because yeah. of that. I spite you because of that, too. It <laughs> might not be better than The Americans, but The it's, Americans it's... isn't on right now, and Fargo I know. is, and I love I know. it. Same. I'm I forgot about right The now. Americans when I said that, so that's it's one and one A. I just know this Someone season. is coming to visit you, Brian. Don't worry. <laughs> Very well cast this season. Yes. Surprisingly well. Yes. I did it was hard to top the first one. Yeah. They got and, it. They man, nailed it. They might they might top it. Yeah. It's pretty So pretty I catch up with that. No really uh network shows. A lot of Colbert. Yeah. Colbert's been great. Uh, a little SNL here. Brian, are you back. finally taping Colbert? I am. I've I'm still not watching like on a nightly basis or anything, but it's it's That's sitting okay. on the as DVR. As long as you're getting to them on occasion. So now I have 
I have three late night talk shows taking up space on my DVR. What's so the third? Conan and Fallon. Oh, you still do, you do Fallon. I knew yeah, Fallon. I watch Lindsay watches yeah. Fallon a lot. No, I like Fallon. I, watch I, was, I just didn't know you taped yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, go, I do with Fallon pretty much like I do with Conan, which is I look to see if, if I care about the guests, and if not, then I, then I erase. Like, you know, but that's, a, that's such a different show. Though. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great show. No, no, but I no uh, argument on my end. Yeah. I'm still watching Grinder as well. I think that's really funny. I've yes, I, that. that's the one I've stuck with. Yeah. That's the only one I've stuck with. That's been really strong this year. The, the uh the bits they do of just the the cutaways to the TV show grinder the the meta bit within the bit yeah. it's kind of like Bo- Bojack so that's why yes, that's yes yeah. totally yeah it's it's a live action for TV not cable Bojack yeah which gosh Bojack is so funny <laughs> Will Arnett in that really think about Will Arnett in that if he was in that sitcom if he was in the grinder well it uh, would just full joke apparently we're not allowed to have. <laughs> Yeah, or Netflix sitcoms go more than four right. episodes yeah. by rule. Can't can't let that happen. Uh, that the that one he was on on CBS was like two or three seasons. I feel like I oh, got that's before two. it got canceled. It was like, but it was on the verge of being canceled every single week. So it's not they good. just forgot that the, they yeah. real, they found the cancellation in their draft folder. Yeah. They're he's, like, he's oh gosh, becoming, we said that. that yeah, it's the ago. Milton on the Office Space. Like, oh yeah. crud. He's becoming Dagger, <laughs> or he's becoming Dagger, Mike O'Malley. Like, yeah, always yeah. on a season. <laughs> Yeah. Always on every other network, you know, like. But it's cool because Dag's got the whiz coming out, so this is where it takes. Off. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Okay. Come on, Everything's Dag. Coming up, Dag. Yeah, it's tough. Why man. hasn't he just joined the cast of SNL to be? The, the odds are Dag hasn't even Watch. read the script to the whiz. Still hasn't rehearsed <laughs> it. It's just gonna show up on the day of and just and kill it. Yeah, like I went to the <laughs> Yale School of Drama. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we haven't talked about Larry David doing Bernie Sanders yet. Which has been gold on SNL. If you have, yeah, they need to just—they need to do another all-star team SNL cast. This is my theory now. Like yeah, they did in the mid '80s when it got dark, right. with with Crystal and uh, yeah, Martin Short, Martin Short, Martin Short, guest. Um, you know, Very they just—they yeah. got kind of people in different phases of their career instead of trying to discover people. How pumped would you be for a full season of SNL election year in the next eighteen months? That was like. Larry David, David <laughs> Allen Greer. My it would it might oh, happen so if Bernie win, won the um, nomination. Yeah, they, they'd have him on like every week. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, who else would they get at this point to do play Bernie? No one. Les- no one Leslie else Jones. could do it. Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. Maybe Lauren would do it himself. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Probably Paul Simon. The only thing that would be better than Larry might be Lauren doing it. Yeah. You know, we're going to have a revolution. <laughs> <laughs> he can play Donald. He should. What, what did you think of Trump on on SNL, Richard? Uh, it, he was. I texted you guys. It was. He was like. Um, it reminded me exactly of watching um, the Terminator, in that it was terrible, and he was the best part. He was the Arnold in this in this analogy. Gosh, so sad. I, it's like he was game and fine. Like I mean, I'm not a Trump supporter, but he was like there was funny stuff to do with him, and he seemed kind. Of, I mean, he did the hotline bling thing and seemed kind of up for it. And they just cannot write anything. They are his monologue. I've, I haven't heard an SNL monologue bomb that bad in a long yeah. time. Not, it was awkward. It was very awkward. It's just, I mean, all you ask for an SNL host, especially that type, you know, an athlete or public figure, a non-actor is that they're just game to do stuff. And I think he was right. And so, because he's not going to be a, a natural comic talent, right? Because that's not what he does. Right. But you have to take a Donald Trump or a um, 
Peyton Manning or an Eli. I mean, Eli Manning was great on SNL because they yeah. had great writers and he was just up to do stuff, right? Yeah. Better than Peyton. He was. I would not have thought heading in no, at all. Eli's one of the best SNL hosts. If, if Eli wasn't the uh, the quarterback <laughs> of the New York Giants, he might be an American treasure. I don't know. That United Way bit with Peyton was That is great, but, but Eli's was even better. Eli did the, <laughs> yeah. basically the same thing, but but in a funnier Like, it was all teaching younger brothers to take out their older brothers, which yeah. was hilarious. And the, the best skit of the last 10 Gosh, years. Of the, yeah. That the, courtroom bit, I still, <laughs> still to this day, uh, if the NSA can pull up our text messaging uh, returns. And Richard and I text a bit from that at least once a month, I would say. And that was like five years ago. I know. So, you up? Sup. <laughs> who, dis- who dis? Classic. Yeah. We need to find that bit and just put it, pin it to the top of our Twitter feed. Big shakeup at SNL, though, <laughs> with the writers. That's true. Colin Jost apparently, quote unquote, stepping down. Go ahead and the, do the Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Sean Colvin, maybe. So, what's the hot take, Richard? I, he was not good. Yeah. The writing, I mean, it's hard to but say. But he's still in the cast, apparently. That's. I mean, I'm not a fan of his mm-hmm. right. um, as a performer. I Maybe some are, and I, I'll grant them that, because I'm starting to get to the age where maybe I just don't understand what the kids are into, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm starting to get into my 30s, and I refuse to be the curmudgeon to say that person's not funny, because maybe that person is really funny to 21-year-old Richard. Um, but I think the writing has been really subpar, and though that's not his fault, completely it's just the head writer you're most it's a kind of a from what i understand a pretty clerical task but you mm. know still you're, you're next on the line i think i mean i know he resigned technically but i think he was yeah you know why don't we go up to my office and talk about this a bit? <laughs> yeah hold on i'm have to call paul simon <laughs> colin jose is very well connected and a lot you? of people really think a lot of him um so yeah. he'll that, do something you know I don't think this is the end for him or anything. No, I mean, he'll be, he's still on the show. He's still doing Update. I think that is maybe their biggest problem is because Update has always been this sort of like centering point of the show that if things are going poorly in the first half, it kind of can bring it back together and can send it on its way for the second half. And that is just not the case. And, and Jost, I'm with I'm with Richard. I I don't like to I don't like to call any young comedian not funny, but I I don't know that he's ever like really made me laugh. I don't I don't think I don't find it's not just his his delivery. I don't find his sensibility funny. I think he's very smug in a way that is very (laughs) off putting and you can do smug in comedy and pull it off. I don't feel like he is pulling it off. He always just seems like the really uh, snobby, douchey guy in the room that thinks he's better than everybody. And that's just not, I don't know, I don't feel like people connect to that sort of comedy. And Michael Shea, I think, has talent, but he can't he can't deliver a line without breaking. And it's not endearing the way that, that Fallon was to some people, you know? So that's just, it's a yeah. dead period. And, and their characters aren't great either right now, and that, that hurts as well. Yeah. But So it's just they kind of a like dead some, period in the show. They have a few, like, C and B players that like Taron Killam is they, right. that experiment's over. I thought he was going to end up being good. I did too. But he yeah. can't carry a show, man. He's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. And Moynihan's awful. That yeah. one's not as big. Moynihan's one of the biggest letdowns in SNL history. Yeah. He could have been good. There's a reason Keenan stayed around. Right. 
Right. I don't think Seriously. he had the benefit of a lot. You know, I mean, those guys were fine when they had better writing. I mean, the writing yeah. is such a key to that. The writing show. is yeah. the problem. Yeah. And that millennial that speaking as the Amy Schumer episode was randomly hilarious. I thought I don't know if it was just her or her, her material she brought in, but mm-hmm. I, I found I that think one it's her. Funny. I mean, I think that's yeah. I, it's a twofold problem. And we've probably said or I've probably said this before, but the writing is not good and you don't have a star that can bring it can can pull bad material up yeah. the way that you've had with Will Ferrell or Polar or Kristen Wiig or you know take mm-hmm. it all the way back through yeah. through the legacy of Saturday Night Live they do not have that and i, I felt the same way Kent. when the, the Schumer episode is the only one i've watched from front to back uh in the last this year or last year which is rare for me cuz i'm 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 a hardcore completist yeah. and and i love SNL and so but last year was so brutal that I just I just quit. And this yeah. year I've been kind of picking my spots. The Schumer episode worked because even when the material was bad and most of it was pretty lackluster to to say the least, I think mm-hmm. she was salvaging crummy material. Yeah. And, and I think don't have I don't know, thing. like to me, there's no like there's no real like punk rock element to this cast at all. Totally. Like they yeah. just seem like a bunch of and I don't mean punk rock literally, but just some sort of anti-authoritarian. They seem like a bunch of kids that were really good students that yeah. decided they liked SNL in seventh grade and are doing an impression of an SNL cast. And it's like, that's not what it's not makes really organic. comedy. That's not comedy. Like, that's just, you guys all seem like you've read every SNL book. Speaking as someone who's read every SNL book, like, I would probably not be a good cast member because I would be so trying to fit. You have to go into that show and just Tasmanian devil it and make it your own and be you know, either, you know, an actual kind of uh, maniac or, or a comedic maniac, like someone like, you know, Will Ferrell and Will Forte are really normal people. But on that stage, they are insane. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of have that a- attitude. All these people are very careful and they're very technically good. Like they have a very incredible cast of impressionists. Like their impressionists are very good, but they don't have anything funny to say because all they know how to do like is Jay the very tech. Yeah. Yeah, they have just a bunch all of impressions. impressions. Yeah, yeah, and Cecily Ell- or Cecily, whatever her name is, Cecily Strong. Yeah, Cecily Strong. That's no, all she does. Uh, she does incredibly only does, only does really impressions yeah. too. Women. It'd be like if the 1997 cast was just it's just 19 Daryl Hammonds. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he's writing all the material too, and you're like, this is awful. Yeah. Right. Because you have to have someone generate that. Right. Like being able to perfectly mimic the lip movement of Rachel Maddow is great, but if you have no right. good Rachel Maddow <laughs> material, then right. it's kind of yeah. pointless. Yeah. I think Pete Davison is the guy that could bring that kind of punk rock I element to it. He's like Sandler, kind of. Yeah, me. but they don't, but they don't know how to use him yeah. yet, or he doesn't know how to be used. You know, one way or the other. It's it, yeah. At a certain it's point, just, it's on you, right? Yeah, totally. But he, it seems to me like he may. I, I'm afraid he may end up being like Chris Rock, where he is a great stand-up and he has some great bits. But if he's not ever used effectively, then he's just going to go down as kind of a. I mean, Chris Rock's run on SNL was. Not very impressive compared yeah. to how talented Chris Rock mm-hmm. is and, and how good he is when he is in American an Treasure, Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah. We love, we freaking love Chris Rock. And I would think he would be the first to tell you that his run on Saturday Night Live was not that great. Exactly. Who's the number one trending on, on SNL? Who's the who's the top player? It's Beck it's Bennett, Kate, right? It's, it's Beck. Beck. It's Beck. Or, or Kate I McKinnon. think it's McKinnon, yeah. McKinnon yeah, got nominated for Kyle Mooney or Beck Bennett. I'm, I'm being totally sarcastic <laughs> in both of those okay. statements. <laughs> they use Mooney a lot. I'm not sure that that's by de- maybe that's by default. Mooney should only like, do inside SoCal. Yeah, like, that's every that's week. A great bit. That's yeah. it. 
Beck Bennett uh, should maybe go back to doing those AT&T commercials. <laughs> yes, but I liked. I liked those a lot. Those were funny. Just maybe he, that's it. Kate McKinnon's the one. And again, she just she's a great performer. She's kind of like a B-team wig, in my opinion, which is not an insult. That's a complete great thing to be. But if you're not right. surrounded by great writing and other great performers, then she kind of seems like this rolling dervish. Really, I really admire her commitment to a bit, but yeah. I don't know how good of a writer she is. So, I, you know, right. someone like Will Forte could commit like that, but he also wrote every word he did on the show, and she, I don't think she does that. So it's yeah. it's tough. Yeah, she's got great energy. But she's going to be big sometimes when that Ghostbusters almost works comes out. Her. Yeah. We'll see a lot of her next year, McKinnon. I th- I still think Keenan's the number one in SNL. I he elevates every sketch he's in. He really does. You can't you can't argue that. I I don't think at this. Yeah, point. he's get, he's great. It's I'm tired of seeing Keenan personally. Like I just I, I love seeing like Keenan on SNL. That's when I want to see him. I don't yeah. I don't want to I don't I don't need to see him. You know, in in all my movies or which you know I, he's in his element. He's so much there. like, and I know people accuse me of this because they happen to be the same race, but it's not the case, and that they're just such professional sketch actors. But he's such a Tim Meadows, totally. Yeah, you know, and uh, those guys are those guys are great. They're just like they're like, uh, you know, total pros. That you you know that guy's a pro, and in, in like on a basketball team, um, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's the ninth guy off the bench, but he's going to do his role perfectly every time. Um, th- those those guys are valuable, but again, unless you have. Uh, Keenan Thompson's never going to highlight a show, right? To me, I mean, he's great, and you love him when you see him. But I, he's not going to be in nine sketches and just own every one of them. They don't have anyone right now. Yeah, that's just that's a sad. Thing. That's a sad yeah. thing. But I I don't think the cast is that spectacularly untalented. They're all pretty good actors. Yeah. I think they need to totally just fire every writer and and yeah. and because they keep changing the cast a little bit. I they're not great, but they're not the total the complete. No. I totally agree. I think they've got the pieces to make it a decent show again. It's just but the writing is so bad. And I think people are seeing how important the writing aspect is. It's these dumb millennials, man. They don't know how to work for yeah. it. We're terrible. We are the worst. <laughs> All right, let's bring on our guest. But before we do that, let's talk audible.com. Audible.com is your go-to resource for all of your audiobook needs. That's audible.com, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com forward slash mad. Audible.com forward slash mad. Richard, you have an audiobook to recommend from Audible, I believe. Yeah, so it's, this is uh, one of many movies that we've reviewed that uh, is based on a book, the, the Ian Fleming James Bond books. I would recommend any of those. If you like some other spy fiction, maybe some Jean Le Carre books, Take Your Taylor Soldier Spy something like that and, and uh, if you're interested in any other books that have been turned in the film recently The Martian is a great audio book available on audible.com uh, Gone Girl is on there as well There's, we've done a bunch of, of, of movies that were at one time books and in Audible you know the average person reads six books a year you can you could be way above that just with uh, simple Audible you don't even realize you're reading you're, you're walking around doing chores you got a book in your ear it's a great experience I've been a member for seven years it's a wonderful wonderful experience I, I highly recommend it to anybody so visit audible.com slash mad to download your free audiobook today thanks audible hey ma'am fam question for you do you own a small business or are you a boss are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role well, let me tell you about ziprecruiter.com with ziprecruiter you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click 
In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Our guest of the week this week is Mason Merritt. Merritt. I, Merit. I mispronounced that on purpose. Wow. <laughs> Killed my bit. It's, okay. It's an old Letterman bit. I just butcher people's names. It's it's always funny. Uh, Mason Merritt is hey, joining man. us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's uh, How's Texas? It's good. How's Bono? Beautiful as ever. <laughs> I, you're, I'm looking at your picture right now. That's why I say that. Uh, you're joining us. Uh, you're singing with Bono. Is this real Photoshop? What's what's going on? Quite real. Quite real. I uh, made my way to a gig at Madison Square Garden. and uh, I've heard you, of that place. Yeah, it's, it's, What's, uh, what it's, song it's were you singing? It looks like Mysterious Ways. If, oh, no. He brings way. on girls for that. I was uh, City <laughs> Blinding Lights. So that was oh, the nice. first song of the, of the encore. How about wow. that? Very How about cool. that? Do you have it on video? I, I do. Up. It's linked in my bio. Oh, nice. checking YouTube it out link. right now. We'll give you the link at the end of the episode. Okay, Mason. Well, tell us about <laughs> so, your movie self. What do you like? What do you dislike? Uh, well, from this year, or just in general. From this year, yeah. Start us oh, off. Okay. Wow. Um, outside of Spectre, which I will dig into a little bit. Um, a few favorites of mine: Inside Out, Ex Machina. I'm kind of I'm hitting this very similar notes to a lot of people, but hey, they're they're recognized as good for a reason. So yeah. um, just I didn't I, I actually thankfully uh, Mad Max Fury Road. You guys were the first people to actually voice my opinion that that movie is just pretty good with it. Not Kent's the greatest. Cut you off. Watch out, Kent's gonna cut you out of the episode. <laughs> not the greatest aesthetic. It's an eight out of ten. It's a groundbreaking <laughs> film. Uh, maybe not for reasons that you would want, but reasons that I would want. Yes, sure. It's like like long. flaming guitars on cars. <laughs> But go ahead, Mason. Ken played a lot of Twisted Metal as a kid did. on PlayStation. I still do. What do you mean, did? Okay, go ahead. I'm, I, I, Slipknot must have missed their guy for a few weeks while he was doing that. But, yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, it's just fun year. I mean, I mean, heck of a year for spy movies. This is what, the 10th one or something? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, true. You guys didn't do an up on it, but Man from U.N.C.L.E. was awesome to spy what people I've heard it's you. good. I haven't seen it yet, still. So. Yeah, Spy was pretty funny. Kingsman was cool. Uh Bridge of Spies, obviously. So it's just, it's, yeah. For me, it's impossible as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yep. That one too. It's one of my favorites. Uh, so. Steve Jobs. That was a great spy film. I thought <laughs> it was weird when he was an undercover agent this whole time. Just started a company <laughs> and revealed. Walked in circles kinda, the whole time. It was weird. It was I mean, revealing I, though. It was revealing. We can all agree the biggest double cross of the year was the bees identifying Mila Kunis and people ascending. <laughs> it's huge twist. Went against the master. Can't believe that was this year. Good grief. <laughs> What's your what's your thoughts on now you see me, Mason? You gotta uh, give everybody this opportunity. Well, interesting story. I hadn't I hadn't watched it until a few months ago when I moved to school. Just and it, I kind of I made it that way so uh, to kind of build up the aura, I guess, of somehow it is. And you gotta build up the yeah the, yeah. the legend. Yeah. Like, all right, time to figure out what this actually is. So 
ever since I've been filled with a white hot rage that I just can't. <laughs> no, just it's so stupid, but I loved watching it. Yes, yes, that's exactly how I feel. I, just, yeah. I, I had in my house, uh, where my parents live, where my roommates, as I like to call them, uh, yeah. we have kind of a connected area, and there's a bridge that kind of goes over my living room, not like a Bond villain or anything. It's just eh, funny. But um, I yelled like at them. Komodo dragons and stuff in the bottom? Or? Yeah. <laughs> I, yelled, like, I just screamed out to them at least a dozen times. Like, can you come here and just, am I crazy? And have them watch this. Be like, what the hell is going to happen? It's like, oh, okay. Wow. We're cool. We're cool. But, <sighs> you haven't seen Draft Day? Or that's the last, last thing I'm going to ask you. Well, I do have some self-respect. So, no, I haven't. <laughs> oh, there man. you go. There's an ender. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk James Bond a little bit before we jump into this movie. Um, cool. We've done a Skyfall episode, which you can we should have tweeted out this week oh, in anticipation. Yeah. I forgot we did one. That we was, did. That was like a a, a recap because it, it was a kind of a recap. It, I think podcast. we did it. I think we did it like right when it came out on Blu-ray, okay. like that day or something. Yeah, that makes so sense. So it was kind of people were excited about it, but. We talked about that. We talked about our thoughts then. What are our, our 2015 James Bond thoughts, um, Brian? You know, I like James Bond. I Richard and I and, and some of our, our friends and listeners, we, we wrote a little piece on the blog this week just kind of briefly touching on the James Bond experience. And uh, I, I like James Bond. I'm not a huge, like, James Bond fanboy. And... Um, I'm not I'm not totally sure why that is cuz my my dad was a big fan and a lot of my a lot of my pop cultural influences at least started with with my dad like like a lot of people and uh he was a big well, Conner, Connery, <laughs> well, at least a couple people on maybe on this podcast. Uh sorry buddy. Uh, but <laughs> it's okay man. Do we need to take him take a minute? Have no, a, I'm good. I'm okay. Have a little therapy session. Um right. so but my Your dad, dad was, was a big one of my- uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. My dad was a big uh, Connery fan, big big James Bond, Connery's version of James Bond, and so I saw all those movies uh, growing up and uh, had an appreciation for him. I can't remember what channel it was, maybe like TBS or something. They always do the big Bond marathon every year. TNT so, probably. It was, they it know probably drama. Was TNT. Yeah. They do no drama, or now <laughs> it's just boom. So uh, yeah, they did like a James Bond marathon, and, and I always enjoyed them. Um, but I think for, for people from, from our generation and Mason, I think you're a little bit younger than, than us, but I'll count you in this group. You don't know my life. (laughs) Our James Bond is, is like growing up was Pierce Brosnan and that was terrible. And, uh, Richard (laughs) made a case for Brosnan not being the worst in the piece we wrote. And, um, I respect Richard's opinion, uh, greatly in, in most things. I just hated Pierce Brosnan and I couldn't get into, I think Goldeneye is a pretty solid film. That's probably a top 10 Bond movie, but the rest of those movies are garbage. And P- Brosnan himself, the material probably wasn't great. He wasn't working with great stuff, but he just, he, he didn't have anything Bond like for me. And, uh, so I was out on the franchise as a whole until Craig came around. And I, I think, if I could go back and record 2004 Brian's thoughts on on James Bond pre pre Casino Royale, I think it would have been just a collected meh. Not really. I just don't care. Uh, Casino Royale really changed that because that's a fantastic film, both from a, a Bond franchise standpoint and just in general. And that really set the tone for where that franchise can go and where it fits in you know the this century. You know, and uh, I think it's gone gone well from there. I don't hate Quantum of Solace the way some people do, 
And I think Skyfall yeah. is uh, unquestionably to me is the is the best Bond film of all time. And and I can say that having seen I don't know probably fifteen or so of of the Bond films. Um, so you know maybe there's one in there that I'm that uh, I'm missing that would throw that differently. But so I I've enjoyed this renaissance of Bond. Um, I'm not thrilled with where this film took it, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but. As a whole, I think I think we're at a good place with with Bond franchise, and and I'm excited for what's going to come next. I just kind of wish that uh, I wish that maybe Spectre would have been pre Skyfall or or something like that, because I think our my my standard at least just went up astronomically from from where it had been before, because Skyfall is just such a great film. Um, and then we're here, so that that's kind of where I'm at. Wow, uh, Richard. Sure. So uh, I have kind of a um, somewhat similar uh, opinion of the Bond franchise on the whole. It wasn't a huge part of my life growing up, but it was certainly there. I was certainly very aware of it. Um, you know, you, you want to be James Bond, obviously, no matter what, if you're male <laughs> for a lot of reasons. It's funny, just an interesting sidebar. I read that. I was reading that Lost at Sea John Ronson book that I, I recommended, then tried to recommend again on the show. And <laughs> he has a piece in there where he he uh, lives as James Bond for a few days, so he talks like uh, Aston Martin into giving him like this coupe, and he's gonna drive like uh, the um, one of the trips in in one of the books. And so he he starts in England, he takes a ferry across, and then he guns this beautiful Aston Martin across the the uh, across the country, French countryside up into Switzerland and uh, to to Geneva, and he stays at these glorious hotels the whole time, and he eats everything that Bond ate, and he drinks everything that Bond Bond uh, drank. And uh, this is just kind of funny. He like gains in like three days. He gains like thirteen pounds. And he's so <laughs> he's so sick from alcohol that um, he can't even get up to drive in the morning and and all that. So it's actually a really funny and uh, truthfully reported piece because Bond does the, eats these incredibly rich French meals and then throws back like eighteen martinis <laughs> and then and then like drives somewhere else. Yeah, and then just uh, destroys some dudes. Just beats the tar out of them yeah. and doesn't puke anywhere. I it's guess weird. That, I suppose suppose that would burn some of the food off <laughs> that's true anyway that's so true. uh so yeah casino royale comes around i'll just start off there and i i liked it i'm not as high on that actually as a lot of people it's probably it's definitely a top five bond movie for me but it's probably you know three four or five somewhere in there um a lot of people have that at one or two and then skyfall just blew my, took my breath away i think it's still it's just one of the best movies of the last five years of any mm-hmm. of any scope i hate quantum solace um, and then this one we'll get into more. I think this one could have been better served by being placed somewhere different in the series. I think it looks worse because it contains a lot of the same parts of Skyfall, but then is not yeah. Skyfall. And that's disappointing on some level. But I, I think like um, I was telling you, Brian, the other day, like if if uh, if this had come out, if you if you switch the order of, of Skyfall and Spectre, Spectre, whatever it is, um, it, you know, it. Uh, if you switch the order of them, you would say, "Oh man, Quantum of Solace was terrible." Oh, this one's better. I, I kind of like where they're going, and then Skyfall mm-hmm. would blow your brains away. But since that that order is inverted, um, it's kind of a letdown. But I still had a fun time in the theater, so we'll talk about that more. But now I want to hear the main man Mason's thoughts, um, and if you could plug your your microphone into like an effects bar, kind of make it the edge sound. <laughs> Um and 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 let's hear let's hear it uh, the program version. Well, actually, this is I'm kind of I might be in an, an interesting position because I've actually seen every single um, 
I guess Eon Productions release. Is that the same for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys have. Okay, cool. No, no, no. I haven't seen. I've seen. I bet I've seen fifteen. That's my. I guess. think Mason is missing the general thesis of the show. Of he's actually prepared, and I don't <laughs> appreciate yeah. that. One Richard bit. didn't even see the movie, so yeah. So, okay, I, I, so I haven't good. seen. I haven't seen a movie in. Gosh, Brian, <laughs> what six, seven years? I don't. Fans see... <laughs> don't know. Richard dark. weighs six hundred eighty pounds. He can't get out of bed. <laughs> I can't leave. I can't. I can't. Crippling it's... agoraphobia. As well. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm the only Connery character I can identify with is the one from Finding Forrester. <laughs> uh, I thought it'd be the one now that like chases around kids and beats them with his cane. But okay, with his pants all the way up to his neck. But that's cool. That's cool. All right, go ahead. Um, keep yeah. going, Richard. Sorry. I've I've passed I've passed the mic. I'm gonna yeah. go. Kent, what are your? Well, good, Kent. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the Bond as a whole? I really liked Bond growing up. Enjoyed it. Um, didn't really think it was too intelligent. I thought they were good popcorn movies. Uh, I think a lot of them were over my head in my youth. A lot of them tried to be overcomplicated, which uh, got on my nerves. A lot of uh, a lot of Russians doing bad things. Uh, nobody really understood what Bond was. I don't think nobody really knew the true spirit of Bond quite like Sam Mendes did when he made Skyfall. And I agree, Brian. It's the number one Bond movie. Ever, I revisited. I revisited uh, Skyfall over the past weekend, and I forgot how good it was. Honestly, I don't know if you revisited it uh, before this at all. Did no, you? I went the opposite route. I watched Quantum Solace because I had to. Did get you? It. Yeah, I've seen Skyfall like a dozen times, and it's a fantastic film. I knew what I felt about Skyfall. I needed to. I, yeah. To my remind James, myself. I, I suggest you revisit it. I mean, I was. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. was extremely surprised and happy. Uh, since the last time I watched it. I think last time I watched it actually was for the last podcast we did on it. But uh, anyway, I think the Daniel Craig Bond has peaked with Skyfall. This is proof. Um, he should have left when he was on top. I don't know if he can where he can go from here. I doubt Sam Mendes will make another one of these. This is a production nightmare, apparently, from in a lot of ways. Uh, I think this costs like $300 million to make or something yeah. ridiculous like that. Yeah. To 245 it costs more than the Avengers cost to make. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that's possible. Maybe the there's a lot of big crowds. Well, they pay their actors, so that yeah. helps. Maybe. And it's a lot. It's a lot of glasses of milk for Christoph Waltz. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> like twelve cats died on the set, though. So oh. <laughs> a lot of lawsuits. This wasn't what Was I more so the prop guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This wasn't what I wanted it to be in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm kind of fatigued on bond and this kind of, yeah. this kind of was it for me. I want to go specific later. Those are my bond thoughts though. I think the Daniel Craig bond peaked, um, Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Uh, Sean Connery still my favorite. And that's really the short of it. We can get into it maybe on a throwback episode sometime more, but, uh, I want to hear Mason's thoughts on bond. Yeah. So, um, I actually, I, even though my dad is, my dad's very weird. He loves all the kind of same stuff I love, but he never passed it on. I'm like, thanks, dude. <laughs> but um, eh, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, actually the first Bond movie I actually remember seeing was Quantum of Solace, which is kind of why I hold it in a higher regard than maybe it should be in. But hey, sure. it's a little nostalgia for 2009, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then after that, like saw I saw Casino Royale, Blown Away. I uh, saw so Skyfall, Blown Away, of course, and I was like, okay, I got to do some research. And I bought the 
uh, Bond 50 Blu-ray pack, and I spent about January of last year a movie a day catching up. And it's a, if not, I think you kind of hit on this a little bit, Ken. But if not for the Craig movies, these this would be just a pretty good franchise. But these this last turn has just elevated into this yeah. place that nobody thought early. Looking watching the movies going back in the catalog uh, had no business being. And uh, I love Skyfall. It's given me great appreciation for spy fiction, and it's just I. And as far as Spectre goes. I'm actually pretty high on it, so uh, it'll be interesting to get down to the uh, brass tacks of it. And the- yeah, get uh, get in. Uh, let's start. Get specific here. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, general thoughts, though. General thoughts, of course. Uh, I loved it. I really did. Like that's. I, I kind of read. I read reviews sometimes, and it's just. I it's. I know I shouldn't do it, but I kept seeing these reviews, and I just kept. I was like, okay all these negatives look like they're going to be positives for me. And I was totally biased, but, and, and it's just, it worked out. I mean, I, I like, I ended up liking this movie a million times more than I guess the, the consensus of, and I think this stands, I think this stands almost shoulder to shoulder with Skyfall, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Boom. Drops that is money. a wow. <laughs> yeah. I will I'll not, de- not debate the wow. Brian. Yeah. Look, I, I really wanted to love this movie. Um, it was very high on my anticipated list going into the season, going into the year. Um, it's not bad. I'm, some of the reviews, I, I'm with you. Like I, I try really hard not to look at actual reviews. I'll look at Rotten Tomatoes just to kind of get a, a general feel. But I don't like to see other people's reviews until we do our review because I, I don't want mine to be to be tainted. But I did read a little more than I than I normally do, and I think some of the criticism is is too harsh. I think what Richard said is very true that if if this movie would have come out uh, at any point not after Skyfall, I think it would have been uh, better. The received. exact same. I think I think there's a lot of hate because of Skyfall, yeah. but I think people would have still been saying that was an okay movie. Yeah, and, and that's kind been, of yeah. Th- I don't think they I would have said it was the second coming of Bond like they did with no, Skyfall. No, totally, totally. But but Richard's totally right. If 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 the order of films was Casino Royale, then Quantum, then Spectre. Um, we'd be saying like, man, I can't, I think everybody would be saying, man, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's coming in, you know, the next one, which would be Skyfall. Um, it's just, it, I think it had the misfortune of, of when it was released. Um, but that said, I think Mendez does a good job. He, gosh, his visuals are so great. I thought that opening scene, the tracking sequence was fantastic like that is that's one of my it's one of the better shot sequences of the year it looks great it has that uh that that pop to it that you want from a bond movie um it's it's very suave and uh that's how all bond movies should open is with a great sequence like that and that one is i mean that's one for the ages that's a that's a fantastic opening scene um i just thought like the plot for this movie kind of sucked and I'm, I'm, I'm sad about that because it, it took a major step back from, from where we've been. And that's the thing that I think has always kind of held me back on, on bond pre Craig was that the, the plots were always so either so out there that they were just too ridiculous for me to really dig into or just, or, or that they felt just kind of like it'd been done before, you know, like a rehash of, of other movies or maybe even other Bond movies and this one is just kind of in the middle there I I think it's it doesn't stand alone very well which 
is all I think is kind of a hallmark of of Bond films is that you can watch one without having ever seen any of the other ones and and you'll be fine. I don't know that that's the case with this one. Um, and that was it felt kind of trapped in its in its shell almost of like it had to do this 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 and this and that doesn't that's not usually what you get with with a Bond movie. But I just thought the script was really was really weak and the the way in which it unfolded. I'm not one who complains about the length of movies. I, you know, we could I could have done a five hour edit of Steve Jobs without any any question, no problem. Um, this one needed to be trimmed, and and the getting to the reveal on uh, I don't want to get into spoilers, but the reveal of the villain felt very haphazard to me, and felt like it reminded me of Star Trek or uh, yeah, Star Trek Into Darkness, where J.J. Abrams held. The reveal on the villain for yeah. way too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Held it yeah. way too long into the movie to the point that I didn't care anymore because we knew that it was Blofeld and so I don't understand why we needed to, to wait an hour and forty five minutes to get that that sort of satisfaction of okay, this is the guy and this is his relation to Bond and all that. I just got bogged down by the plot and I I did feel too that uh I felt like you could tell with with Craig in particular, and I think he's he's probably the best Bond. Connery kind of gets my nostalgia vote, but Daniel Craig's movies have been great, and and he he may be the best Bond. I thought that he kind of mailed this one in, and I thought you could tell that he was out on this um, pretty much throughout, and that was that was a bummer because I think he's a great I think he is a great Bond, and I thought. This one he might have this might this whether this is the worst of his films, I thought this was his worst performance. Richard. I'm saving my thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I know I know you are. I'm excited to hear that. Um <laughs> I think you and Mason are gonna fight. I'm, I'm excited. making notes. I'm... <laughs> so Daniel Craig is is a very good bond. I think this one does make my case that I don't know if he's the best because he seems and maybe I'm clouded by some of the comments he's made post this movie coming out. And maybe I'm clouded by his personality outside of the film. Uh, but he just seems very bored by this, the entire film. And he doesn't have the sparkle that he had in Skyfall. And you're right. Some of that may be the script. It's the risk when you have someone like Mendez who doesn't write, right? He's a, he's a, he's a performance and visual director. Right. Um, so he's he's at a lot of ways as talented as someone like Mendez is. He's at the mercy of the script, uh, and and so unlike someone you know, if you get Quentin Tarantino to do it, you know, you know, you're getting a Quentin Tarantino script that he can direct. That's always exciting, right? Um, so, uh, it, but he, Craig seemed very bored by it. Uh, it it wasn't uh, it, you know, Waltz is Waltz is one of my favorite actors, but he can be he he can have such highs and lows from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, it's weird. The, what makes Waltz great when he's great is he can effectively pull off really being Hamish and yeah. huge. And when you try to really contain him and make him small, it ruins the whole point of having him. Um, and so, so I was, I was kind of disappointed with that performance as well. And when you look at something, the, the point I wanted to make it is, is like the, the reason these Bond films sometimes don't always work is that we've kind of figured out ways to do them better. And like, I think Mission Impossible Five or whatever that was this year was better. And it it comes to a crucial thing, and 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 this is this is credit to Cruz and that he lets a, Re- a Rebecca Hall really kind of be awesome in that mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And the the female characters in this movie are so boring. 
and just totally. The, I mean, I get the whole eye candy bond thing. I'm, I'm, right. I'm not even against that. It's part of the thing and whatever. But come on, like, could you be more, uh, just sort of there? Um, so, it, you know, I, I made those thoughts earlier. I, I don't think. I think it's still probably like a top ten Bond film, top eight maybe even. It's it's fun in a lot of parts. It's overly long and terrible in some parts, but uh, there's some really bad Bond films. Is more my point, and sure. and this is probably in the upper half. So yeah. so that's fine. And, and and yeah, I think it does it does speak. It's certainly. Uh, probably time to go a different place. If Craig is that bored with it, then he can go and, and let's get some new uh, screenwriters, directors in there too and, and do it again. That's what's, The best thing about Bond is we can always just do it again. And yeah. that's fun. That's great. I think that's right. awesome. Right. Uh, yeah. I want to speak on a few things that have been said. Um, first off, I want to talk about uh, the tracking shot at the beginning. Uh, I don't know... Richard, you're right about the fact that it might be a top 10 Bond movie. Um, but for, for me, it's a lot of because of the fact that uh, they just don't hold up. I mean, with, with time. A lot of the <laughs> 1960s Bond movies come off cheesy. Now, they didn't at the time. You know, we might look back on Skyfall and be like, oh, 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 oh those were silly days, you know, like we do on <laughs> some of the. It is basically of, Home Alone <laughs> for the third act. You know, right. And, but man, comparatively, the, that third act seemed better than than this this seems like like you said richard uh mission impossible found a new way to do it uh yeah. mission impossible with ghost protocol and and, the, and of agree. course it, in rogue nation I, I think skyfall found a new way to do it that was the reinvention like okay yeah. we don't have to open it the way we used to open it we don't have to do all the bond uh theme music at every cliche moment you know and things mm -hmm. like that. It flipped it on its head. And this just returned back to old days. As soon as I saw the freaking Bond logo thing go across the screen at the beginning, I was like, oh, no. We're not getting one of these. And it, to me, it was everything I thought it would be in a normal... If they if, if Pierce Brosnan was in this, we would have thought this was one of those movies, to me. Yeah. Um, they didn't really push the new characters much. I was disappointed. Um, I was excited about the new Q and the new... Um, uh, M and Money Penny and all that. Um, mm -hmm, I wanted mm -hmm. more of that. Uh, didn't yeah. get it much in a two and a half hour movie, uh, underutilized. And I was worried when I watched Skyfall. Something that I didn't realize or appreciate the first time or first few times was Judy Dench, and I really think they missed her in <laughs> in this. Um, sure. And some of it was just so cliche to me, and uh, the action scenes. I don't think they took it to the next level. I mean those. Not to say talk about Skyfall here much, but they're iconic. I mean, they're just unbelievable action scenes. Even the one, the beginning of the most cliche one, where they're riding the motorcycles through the the city or whatever, it's extremely well done. And it, but it leads into the train scene, which is r very good. And that's just the opening scene. Mm -hmm. And the way the in Skyfall again, when at the end of that, when Bond gets you know, spoiler alert, it's the first scene, but he gets shot off the train. And into the water, it goes right into the credits, and it's just so organic. And this just, like, it's Day of the Dead, and then, boom, it's Bond with snakes and gold with girls and its opening yeah. song that had nothing really to do with anything we had seen. Um, and the Adele song comes in, and it's like, this is the end and all that when Bond dies and everything. It was just so, I don't know, it was Goosebumps-worthy, and it just it, yeah. it felt so great. And it feels like, man, Bond is, is great, and it's back. And this just wasn't that for me. Um Felt like a return to the old, and that's unfortunate because it didn't feel like um, 
it it really didn't feel like the director uh, Sam Mendes was directing this. It felt like they brought somebody in and said, "Here, watch Skyfall and make a, a Bond movie." You know, yeah. it didn't feel like it explored. It wasn't. It didn't feel like part of his trilogy. You know, if this was yeah. part of the Mendes Bond trilogy, it didn't feel like that. It just feels like feels like Skyfall is just a fluke in the in the Bond mythos. You know, it's just like a once in a lifetime gem kind of movie that that exists in this time. Um, but this ranks uh, probably number three in the the Craig movies. Um, I think Quantum of Solace is probably my least favorite of the three. If I was to rank them, uh, I still do love Casino Royale though. But yeah, ever since the rumor of that Tarantino wanted to make that in black and white, I can't get out of that out of my head. That would have been so <laughs> awesome. But the studio didn't want it. Uh, but Tarantino offered everything. He's like, yeah, I'll do it for in black and white. Well, but is it, write is his it own worth- version of it though. Whatever. Is it worth getting Tim Roth in there for a bit role? So, <laughs> right. Christoph Waltz still would have been in it, so that would have been... That's true, that's true. <laughs> um, so those are my general thoughts on it. Um, I was let down. We can talk specifics later, but Mason's high on it. What are you high on, Mason? Oh, what are, what am I not high on right now? Uh, you had set me up for that one. Um, I'm talking about the movie, not the yeah, drugs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am in college, by the way, but no. Um, Sweet. No, I, it, I actually, I, I think that, um, can you, Ken, you were kind of talking about how they just, it seems like they went back instead of forward, but at the end of the day, this whole series has kind of been building up to becoming a Bond film, which is what, which is like a very specific kind of thing that they're, that they're trying to go for. And I've, so as far as that goes, I think this, it, I think a hundred percent did its job and they're not, they, I mean, because it's because they're British, but they kind of have their nose in the air. Like we're not, we're not going to stoop to your levels. We're going to just make our own thing, which is, I guess, if you don't like that, that's cool. But for me, as a, somebody who's seen the whole series and kind of knows the um, knows that way that they make the movies, I just thought it it blended together really nicely. And if you think of it this way, um, since uh, if Batman Begins, which is kind of a if you lump Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace in there. Dark Knight, which is Skyfall, and then Dark Knight Rise, which is Spectre. It's kind of mm-hmm. it, it shares a lot of those similarities. You have the second one that just blows people out of the water and kind of gets people's attention. Then the third one, I guess, kind of doubles back and covers some ground. Which the villain is... villain was way too audible in Spectre to compare it to the Dark Knight <laughs> Rises. Could, could, I could under, I could understand Christoph Waltz in this movie. Uh, didn't know a word of Tom Hardy in the Dark Knight Rises, but that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, just the fact that it, it did tie things together, kind of, yeah. uh, it, and did it, I think, really well. Made me overlook some of the flaws, like the lack of throat ripping, for instance. <laughs> Classic go. McGruder. Gobble gobble gobble. <laughs> gobble gobble. All Thank right, let's go into spoilers because I want to get spoilery and talk about this. A lot of it has to do with the reveal and all that. Um, what action scene wise? What stuck out to you? Uh, Richard, um, the whole the the snow piece was disappointing. When I saw that in the trailer, I thought that was going to be an awesome set piece, um, and then that ended up being kind of kind of a passerby. I didn't I didn't really care for that that set piece as well from an action point of view. Yeah, the only scene, honestly, that just straight up blew me away was that was that opening scene at the uh, at the Day of the Dead. Um, really? Just, yeah. That's my favorite scene, maybe in a movie this my, year. My my thought on that is, um, it seemed like very. Let's do a tracking shot 
to do a tracking shot at the beginning of the movie, you know, like just the way yeah. Bond was walking. It didn't seem like a natural pace, like a human would walk, especially someone who's like a spy. It just felt like I have to walk at this pace because the camera can only go this fast type of thing. And it didn't, I don't know. It kind of threw me off. Like, or it just, I don't know. It was kind of jarring a bit. I don't know if it was me. Yeah, or, I'll have to watch it again with that note in my brain. I mean, I don't like know. Like when I he's just... walking across the ledge on the, in the, on the house, it just kind of mm -hmm. was, was weird. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'll watch it again. There, there just were I, I think it was a great, like a, uh, like a Heineken commercial. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, like it little, was kinda, yeah, no, I, I get what music you're saying. Music kind of little spots in that tracky shot that it was like, it did seem a little like if that was Chris, if that was Chris Martin singing, but it was uh, a great sequence for me. If that was but. Chris Martin singing, you know, the scientist, you would have been like, Oh, cool music video. <laughs> Are you, but it's not James Bond on a freaking ledge looking for a villain, you know, kind of thing. I see um, your point. I didn't necessarily feel that way in the movie, and I, I do. I, I'm with Richard. I think that shot is incredible, and that's one of my favorite scenes of the year. But I, I see what you're what you're it's saying. Very well, really it's very well done, that. and I will say it's it's on, it has an iconic look to it. The whole Day of the Dead yeah. imagery and everything. It's, it's cool. something you'll yeah. see again, I'm sure, down so, the road. So, Mason, what was what was your favorite sort of action piece? Go ahead and start it. Uno, dos, tres, catorce, go. <laughs> Am I gonna have to endure this the whole episode? <laughs> that's okay. I've Jeez. Um, no, actually, I, I actually thought the, the whole um, Austrian snow sequence was that was probably my favorite one. I just think right. that, that was, was so... that was a beautiful day. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> You're out of control, Richard. That's an early 80s track pulled for you. No, I just yeah, I, I mean, I love I love stuff that deals with the snow and just the cinematography by Hoyt Van Hoytema really uh, made it look pretty. And absolutely. And he definitely captured all the bullets in the blue sky. So I I really was gonna do. go. Um, <laughs> no, please do. That was the last one I had to do. Okay. So. <laughs> I think the shot composition was great in this, and I yeah. I can't complain about that. This so. is the same guy that uh, brought did the cinematography for her Interstellar, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. So there was no yeah, there was no letdown from that yeah. category. Let well, me can't get Deacons. This guy's pretty yeah, pretty good. Like that's that's your yeah. next call. Did anybody get an Austin Powers vibe at all in this? I know it's based on what Austin Powers is based on. You know, like the original Bond yeah. source material, yeah. but it just seemed, especially the scene with with Franz Oberhausen and the table and the whole yeah, guy was... coming in, and it, it even had like the Frau Forbissena character there and everything. Yeah. It was kind, I don't know, and the way they didn't reveal the character at first, like they kind of hide, like in the first Austin Bowers, they hide Doctor Evil's identity for some weird reason. Like, why would you right. need to hide that? Well, I think uh, those are doing homage to the early Bond exactly. films. Exactly. This right. definitely is too, yeah. But I think, yes, in a post-Austin Powers world, <laughs> uh, it's hard to do that again. It right? is it's very hard. No one has ever said that sentence before. <laughs> yeah. Close. But that that scene looked great, I will say, of him in the dark and everything. I thought that was very well thought out and everything. There were elements to this I liked. I like Bautista saying nothing. Well, he movie. did say something. He said one thing, which was the word shoot. It was. Oh, I thought he said Groot. Okay. Oh no, yeah. no, that's Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, okay. Same, okay. same franchise. Yeah. Uh, he said one word. Yeah, it was shoot. Which I was like, why would you edit that? That's kind of a weird choice to. You got to keep it PG. You know, keep it PG. <laughs> I thought some of the Bond girl stuff was pretty typical too. Um, when they kill the Bautista character. So what do we do now? That was, and they cut to them and the. That was one of the worst. I was like, I, I almost walked out of that. I'm not even that kidding. I was awful. like, I can't. I can't even. That then it started getting good. My theater. I don't know. It started That's getting good. That's kind of what he is, though. Kills I, the guy and... You know, I, I think the thing is this, Mason. Like, you're right. Like, that is very 
traditional James Bond. And I think, but my deal is I don't, I didn't care for that part of the original James Bond. Like I like the Craig James Bond and I don't think you would have gotten that in Skyfall or Casino Royale or, or even Quantum. And I think that's, that's part of the front about it now. He's like, how much do you drink? Too much. What do you do for a living? Kill people. It's like the, I don't, that, I don't know. Let's not forget it's that like trying to remind people what James Bond is. Like we know we it's there's been 25 movies. I, we I'm know. interested to see where it goes from here, though, because like I think Bourne really informed um, what what the Casino Royale Skyfall series came to be. Right. I think right. they tried to get it in that kind of gritty Bourne space. I'm looking and to it, see Bourne's response to Skyfall. Yeah. And, then it, and then it peaked, you know, it peaked with Skyfall. And I, I'm interested to see what the because I think the Bond movies in at least the last 20 years do tend to be a bit reactionary. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you perfect it like they did in Skyfall. So I'm interested to see what MI5 or uh, this new Bourne movie that comes out next year to see what they do. MI6. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I mean the MI, MI5 that just came out because oh, okay. they didn't have a chance to oh, see it. Oh, what they do about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that was a bit of a game changer in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, making that so, so out of the box fun. Um and and then whatever this Bourne movie is going to be, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what what that does for you know whatever the next incarnation of Bond is, um, whether it's Idris Elba or or, or whomever. I, I'm I'm curious. What do we think or about Hugh the, Jackman? I thought the main plot line was a bit 2015y about the global, um, what is it, uh, uh surveillance organization. Yeah. But that was just a very oh they're spying on everybody now oh that's NSA. very yeah. kind of NSA and we've seen that in a bunch of movies in the past couple of years so I'm sure we've done three hours on that uh, and when thing. he be- when he busted in the Russia just to beat up Edward Snowden that scene scene <laughs> you can edit that one out yeah. I mean that that was an obvious homage a little too obvious yeah but yeah it was a pretty clear I, I that was kind of an eye roller to me too when they were like we don't need spies anymore because we can spy on everybody. You know, um, that's not a bad premise. There's right. just a more subtle way to execute. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah, there. Um, man, I just want to say, Bond. There's still hope for Bond. Um, we saw yeah, we that, saw it in Skyfall. That was such well, a teaser to me on what it could be and should be from now on. Um, but I think there's a way to do it. You know, you bring in Idris Elba. Yeah. You you, you kind of reset and you you say, oh, um. You know, James Bond is just an alias for 007. You know, whoever's 007 is James Bond as a, an alias. So you can play it off that way. That way there could be a black Bond, and it's just an alias. And uh, you get a little juice going in the uh, French. Make people excited again. Um, I think people are done with Craig. And, and the fact that Spectre made less money opening weekend than Skyfall did. When nobody kind of knew if Skyfall was going to be good, I don't think. People knew Skyfall was good now, and if the sequel doesn't do better, you know, kind of, it's like... It had bad buzz. It it might have had bad buzz, but I don't think the buzz for Skyfall was that good in the opening weekend to warrant the opening that it had. You know, I think people were... I think the average person is, oh, Spectre's coming out, that's the sequel to Skyfall. Let's go see that. It just... Maybe it's Craig. Maybe they're just done with this Bond. I, I think people would be excited about a new Bond. Yeah, that's I do that. too. And that Richard said earlier, and that's that's what makes that's what makes the Bond franchise so bankable. I think is that you can so easily reinvent it. Um, it's yeah. it's built for handing off the 007 moniker to somebody Man, else. They almost and, did it in this perfectly when he. Uh, we're in spoilers, by the way. <laughs> when he doesn't kill Kristoff, and he goes away with the girl, that would have been the perfect okay. 
is it going to be another bond or not at the mm-hmm. end, you know? And you could have left it open-ended that way. But the the whole epilogue with him going back to the office and everything uh, still kind of leaves it open, but more in a less obvious way than if uh, he just leaves the scene of the crime and he's never heard of again or whatever. Uh, I think – you think maybe they were setting it up for that and Craig was like, no, I went back in, and they shot the little thing at the <laughs> end. That would be so awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Big payday, you think. Oh, I think he wants he's to come been back. Pretty upfront about hating his experience and not wanting to do oh, this anymore. Really? He's probably he pro- he's yeah. probably tired. I mean, flying yeah, around the world yeah. and punching no. dudes all the time. Like that's <laughs> right. that's that's. that's right. that, I mean, granted, it's a first world problem that he's being a big movie star, but still, that's it's that's not as hard as it seems from first hand experience. But he did seem a little more uh, <laughs> responsive to it though in doing another one on Colbert. I don't know if any of you oh, saw. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. he's, he's softening up. I'm to telling it. you, money. Yeah, I was really it's the great equalizer, but you know, I I don't like when (laughs) this is just a personal thing, but like it drives me a little bit crazy when movie stars or actors like if you don't want to do it, just don't do it. I know the money's good and all that, but if you don't want to do another one in these franchises, then just stop. Don't don't mail in. It's like it's like an athlete taking. I don't know. It's like Carl Crawford signing with the Angels when he definitely did not want to be there or the Red Sox or whatever the Red Sox and just. He wanted to be with the Angels. He signed with the Red Sox, and then he just, you know, crapped out the rest of his career. That drives me insane. Just if you don't want to do it, then just don't do it. You can line up twelve different movies tomorrow just by, you know, yeah, not Cowboys talk. and Aliens too. <laughs> yeah, Done. just exactly. Oh, Tomb Raider three. That. <laughs> wow, Daniel. And it's been a good girl to dragon tattoo too. I just saw today they're they're moving forward with that without. Without Daniel Craig, without Rooney Mara, and without oh. David Finch. So David that'll be good. What did I say, David Finch? David yeah. Finch, yeah. my bad. You guys are buddies, right? Yeah, totally. The Finch. The Finch. How does that work? How do you do that? I don't know. That's a great, great question. Don't, I do not want to find out. Maybe yeah. Idris Elba <laughs> takes a spot there, too. I don't know. I, an and eye roller for me was when the car chase is going on and they're getting away and then Bond comes by in a biplane or whatever. Do you remember that? Or he just shows up in a plane oh, yeah. randomly. It's like, where is so that? Cool. How did he find a plane, oh, yeah. get in the plane, <laughs> take off, and then catch up with it? The... I don't know. What is... This is Pierce Brosnan. Surely surely it's Pierce yeah. Brosnan. He's going to take off a mask at the end, uh, MI style. It's going to be this huge plot reveal. It's going to be the Brosnan was Craig the entire time. Uh, very nice, see me style. I don't know. Yeah. That one bugged me. That was a what, what the heck are we even doing anymore? Yeah. Moment. Um, yeah. I, that was I, I, an invisible car moment or a, <laughs> or a Pierce Brosnan sledding on a avalanche with a wind kite moment. <laughs> pretending to be an actor. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what did I'm you like? I'm with you guys? on that stuff, Ken. What did I, think, you like? I think it was Brosnan y in some way. But we, sh- we, we sh- need to let Mason talk because he's, he's, yes, he's enjoyed what, this. I, more want, I want him to gush. Please gush. Please change my mind. I'm. Listen, okay, so you go to these movies, I think, in any franchise for the big action, the dumb moments, and I, don't, I saw this down in New York City, so maybe I'm a uh, little biased with it, but it killed with the crowd. Everybody loved it, and I just, I was more than happy to go along for the ride. I was, you know, I was, I don't know, I was, I'm not going to say I was like, I was laughing, I was crying, like that whole cliche, but I was laughing, and I did cry, because it was so good, and I loved it. <laughs> but, yeah, really, the only thing that I can look at and say, if that wasn't there, this would be a better movie is, and I, I don't know if you're planning on hitting on this, Ken, but the, the music, 
or at least Sam Smith's music, because that song is yeah, just... I thought that was terrible. That song is like chewing on cement. It's just, yeah. it's pointless. It really that is. Was a, that was a major step The back, The but. reveal of, in Skyfall, I hate to say it again, but of the music, when he gets the mm-hmm. Aston Martin, and he goes out, and the first time you hear the guitar riff is when he's driving away in the Aston Martin. It's such a great touch. It's like you save that for the perfect Bond moment, you know, and the mm-hmm. perfect throwback to the original series, the little, like, 60s guitar. Oh, so good. And this, they kind of overused the music, I thought, at the beginning. And I, yeah. Well, it's been a few years. You gotta... It's been a few years, I guess. Return to, got to return to form. You got to, you got to do what you've been doing, right? You can't, can't, can't turn a new page. You got to just keep writing the, writing the chapter. <laughs> I just, just throw it out. So I'm trying to get you to react get it, ang- angrily. Get you can, it. you can seriously, Yell at me if you want for being wrong. I don't mind it. I, in fact, I welcome it. Well, I, no one does you'll it. You get on the, the emails. Show. You get the emails. <laughs> there will be that's people all. that agree with me, and people that agree yeah. with you. And that's why it's um, yeah. around fifty percent. That's on... what I'm. I'm worried about. This is the most egotistical thing ever. I'm worried about that people won't agree with me because I just. I'm. <laughs> I'm really worried that this 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 franchise is gonna is gonna go away when I, I don't want it to. I don't but. think it will. No, it's that's what, that's the thing. It's like it's so easy to reinvent this. And so yeah. if Craig doesn't come back, you get Eater Selbo, you get whoever else. You get somebody and you bring in a decent director and and you can take it in twenty different directions. And it I, I, this is why James Bond will always be a thing. You know, he'll he'll you know in fifty years we'll still be making James Bond movies because it's a yeah, this one didn't make as much as Skyfall opening weekend, but it still made quite a bit of money, and you can just bank on these things forever. So I don't think that's that's ever gonna. I don't think we're in danger of of losing James Bond yeah. movies from our from the zeitgeist. I guess I just so, hope the next one is more inspired. That's what agree. I agree. Like I totally agree. It didn't yeah. feel inspired. Yeah, it, it seemed like. Yeah, it, I will admit that from an outsider's perspective, with Sam Mendes and Danny Craig, that it seemed like they were kind of dragging everybody out to do yeah. this like sam yeah. is, he wants to do all of his plays or and stuff uh-huh. and yeah daniel craig i guess the same way and he you know he said he's been trying to get out since day one so i i will right. i will concede that but yeah. to me i didn't see that reflect in the finished product this was this i got it's an acceptable it's an acceptable delivery yeah. by them uh right. but that's the most i can say Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of my bigger issues is that they they didn't use the, the supporting cast at all. Like this has a I this love new Kinnear. franchise I, I has love, a great supporting cast, and I would have enjoyed more yeah. from from Fines and uh, and uh, what, uh, Ben Wishaw and uh, what's Money Penny's name uh, Naomi, Naomi Harris. Harris. Yeah, I think they're all really good, and they fit those roles so well. And and even Waltz, like it it's kind of criminal to me to cast Christoph Waltz and then give him 12 lines. Like that just was, that was a little bit of a bummer on that. And I know it's, look, it's a bond movie. Bond's going to take up 90% of the the screen time, but it just felt like those guys were, were game, you know, they were up for whatever was going to happen and they just kind of got left behind most of the time so that we could get Madeline Swan, which there were, there were scenes with the bond girl, um and Bond that felt like they lasted an hour dialogue yeah. scenes they just went <laughs> yeah. on and on I felt like this movie took forever to ramp up yeah. and uh totally to its yeah, detriment it really did take take a while yeah. but I think Ben Wishaw is becoming my favorite part about this yeah he's good he's really he's good really good yeah. as Q I really enjoy him. Him. Always he, they play well off each other Craig yeah. and Q do so Mason, tell, let me ask you two questions. One, uh, where where do you think this lands in the in the Bond big picture? And and two, 
if they do go away from Craig, who's your who's your guy for uh, for James Bond the next iteration? Hmm. Uh, As the James Bond expert on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let's see. For me, honestly, like I said, this this stands pretty much shoulder to shoulder with Skyfall. I mean, it's with a few more viewings. I don't. I I sound a little fanboyish here, but I don't. Honestly, I don't care because I loved it. Um, so this is like top three, top four, or something like that. Okay. So pretty happy with. Who's your uh, dream as, bond? Uh, my oh man. Um, well, everybody's kind of jumping on Idris Elba, and I'm kind of uh, I'm worried about that because as as awesome as a person and actor he is, assuming that if you if we just assume that bond, that Craig comes back again, which he's contracted to do, Elba won't be picking up the role and start filming until he's like almost really close to 50 and then we get him for maybe two movies so i think as a society as awesome as that would be we i think we might need to let go uh of idris but mm. i would love to see him in an m kind of role like ray so andrew garfield i think we can all agree <laughs> <laughs> a lot of charisma yeah. that kid yeah i think yeah. i think elba would be a what choice of mine i think my number one would be tom hardy mm. I, I would like to see that there's a there's a guy named um uh, actually, two two people have stuck out to me, and I feel bad that they're both kind of boring white dudes. But uh, Matt Bomer and Matthew Good, Matthew yeah. Good from Watchmen, and then Matt Bomer from other stuff. I don't think he's American, so he might not get it. But I've always Matthew I've Reese? personally liked no Matthew Good, uh, Ozzy Mendias from Watchmen, Imitation. Oh, yeah. yeah, Matthew Good's great. Matt Bomer is uh, from he's on like he's pretty caller, yeah, in yeah. the pretty, so. the uh, Magic Mike movies, right? So. I know from experience, yeah. <laughs> I would say Matthew Reese from the Americans. Plays Give him every movie. Good I'm good with that. Every yeah. movie. Just is he British? Yes. Does it Welsh. matter? He's yeah. British. Welsh. Yeah. That's good. He's Welsh. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. Who do you think? Who's your number one, Brian? On well, now that you mentioned him, it's be. Matthew Reese. Thanks. That's like. Give him all the movies. He's awesome. He's too good. Realistically, who? I think I think Elba would be a very smart move for the franchise. Uh, it would be interesting to bring in a different look. Obviously, um, and he is. I think he can be a. There are plenty of Idris Elba movies that I don't think are very good, and I don't think he's great in. I think when you give him good material, he can be an outstanding actor, and I think he would bring the right. Uh, I think he could do the gritty tone and the the kind of suave debonair tone at the same time. I I I. I that's a very uh, easy answer, I guess, at this point, since he seems to be the the favorite in the clubhouse or the favorite on on the board, but. Um, I, I would, I think I would like to see him take that role next. Richard, any choices? Oh, no, I'm trying to think. I was thinking like Eddie Redmayne or Cumberbatch come to, come to mind. Cumberbatch but, would be interesting. Yeah. That'd be a different kind of, you uh, could play James Bond as a worry. Do a great bond. Actually. I don't know if he has the physical yeah. stunt ability, but if they wanted to go young too, and just kind of Hardy. completely recreate that role, uh, I, I would like the the kid from Kings Kingsman would be my. Oh, I love that guy. I think Kings, I, I keep Kingsman's bringing him gonna... up for every role that we talk about, but I was yeah. really impressed with him, even though I didn't really care for that film that much. And um, I, I would like to see him get some kind of big franchise. I think Kingsman's going to spawn its own deal. Its own trilogy, yeah, at it, least. Yeah, it did okay, but I don't think he got. I think the sequel will do better. How good that yeah. was! Like he was easily the best part of that film. And anyway, I digress. I don't know about that. Should have been Spider Man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> should have been Spider Man. That that movie did the global uh, surveillance plot line a lot better. I maybe thought. maybe Clive Owen, but there could be some really gross surgery in it. <laughs> Where yeah. he just breaks down and does some like eyeball surgery. Colin oh, Firth yeah. is great in Kingsman yeah. too, though. 
Hot sports underrated. opinion. I hate Clive Owen. Just gonna put that. <laughs> oh, really? Hate him. I don't know why. Like, I have no reason. Uh, Children of Men is like, one of my, I don't know, 20 or 30 best movies yeah, ever. Yeah, like, I would, would like it. But I just, I just see, like, if he's on a uh, talk show or something, I just immediately delete it. Like, that's, I, I really dislike him. I don't know. So who'd you rather hang out with, Clive Owen or Chris Kattan? Oh, geez, that's a tough if you one. pick, if you pick, <laughs> yeah, in the in this if for the sake of my friendship with Richard, I'll I'll go Clive Owen. But uh, oof, that's America. Yeah. Thanks you. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, let's go, Grace. Well, hold on, hold on. Is it okay. Is it Chris Kattan or is it Mango? Because that might change things. Like, Chris Kattan. Just, all right, okay. Talking ahead. about how brilliant Mango is. <laughs> man, now it's now it's getting tough. It's getting tough. I, I'll go Clive. Well, Owen. it's all an allegory for King Lear. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. You can't touch the mango. Let's go to grades. Uh, Brian. Uh, man. Dude, I wish this was an A or an A+. Plus. And that, that bums me out. Um, I thought that the, you know, I, I, my, my fake grade on a curve sort of thing, like, I think that this movie could have been a really, really high A. And instead, I, I'm just, I don't know. Like, I, I'm going to go with, like, a B. But it could honestly go a little bit lower than that when I start getting all my thoughts together for my end of year rankings and all that stuff like I'm, I'm bummed I'm bummed that this isn't better than it is and and it's fine it's fine there's nothing wrong with it um I just wish I liked it more and uh, I feel like they left a lot on the table in favor of some some stuff that should have been left on the table I guess so I'll, I'll just go with the straight B okay Richard I'm gonna go with a B minus uh Mason A plus boys can't can't help it. Wow, gotta give it to patented Kent Garrison. I'm, I'm, I'm F minus. Are you serious? Minus. <laughs> I would no, 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 no. <laughs> What's your real ranking? Uh, I, I give it. Up. I All give right. it a B minus, maybe. Yeah, it's fair. I'm glad that I can bring up the collective score yeah. B plus. Yeah. So. it's good I, to have a, a differing opinion. That's good. It's fun stuff. All right, let's hit a recommend, guys. Weekly recommends. All right, I'm going to recommend a pilot show, a new show that oh. came on this fall that we didn't about pilots. get to talk Weird. about. Hmm? Yeah, it's Wings. <laughs> Great show. Just now got to it. Yeah, just now got <laughs> to Wings. Really oh, underrated solid show. 20 years solid. behind. It's good. Uh, no, it's the Aziz Ansari show, Master of None. Oh, it's, darn it. It's, it's, that it's, was going to be my recommend. You I suck. Hate. That's why it's my podcast. Uh, it's it's great, very funny, uh, kind of Louis E, but with a different spin. They you could tell they're like this can't be too much like Louis. We got to change it up a little bit. Um, so they have more characters, more sitcommy kind of than Louis, but a similar kind of plot line. A guy in New York living, comedian, actor guy. Uh, so very funny. Aziz is great. He wrote it. James Ponsolt, um, who you love, Richard, for his work at the Spectacular Now. But I, I love the end of the tour. Love the end of the tour. So, so you made it up I told to you me. James Ponsold was a good director. I told you in that episode. That's somebody that we haven't talked about, though, for James Bond is the cup. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Can he do Can a he British, go British? Though? I mean, that's the thing. Shake and not stir yeah. it, right? Yeah, it's, it's different. Uh, it's uh, instead of like 12 ounces, it says like half a liter on the side. That's how you know he's English. <laughs> What about a blue cup for like the Bond girl? That I don't. Mm. Okay, just I'd watch gonna, it. Gonna write that piece tonight. Oh dear, Mason's so angry right now. <laughs> no, I'm too so, tired to be angry. Okay, just joking. But seriously, Miles Teller couldn't play Bond, or okay, cool. All right, fine. 
I'll just take my glasses. No, I'm you know, uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna second Kent's recommend. You can't my, do that. Oh, you can't do like, a double. That's the that's uh, a lazy way. Just out. recommend that book again. It's fine. Yeah. I'll just keep recommending that. Regis and, and you guys, you know who's an American treasure? <laughs> Regis. Yeah. Um, but uh, I am because that really was going to be mine because that's like the only media I've ingested this week. So I second that wholeheartedly. It's a great show, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Sweet, lazy. <laughs> that's Brian. I'm going to recommend a, a movie that I think Richard and I may write a piece about for the blog this week. Uh, he caught it this summer. I just got a chance to watch it on DVD. It's, it's we, we just talked about it just a second ago. Into the Tour. James Ponsold with uh, J- Jason Siegel as uh, David Foster Wallace and Jesse Eisenberg as, what's the guy's name? David, uh, David Dave, Lipsky. David Lipsky, who interviewed him during the last, end, obviously the end of his book tour uh, when Infinite Jess came out. It's a fantastic film. I um, was really blown away by the performances, even even our friend Jesse Eisenberg. So I think Richard and I may, may write a little piece uh, for the blog this, uh, this coming few days, something like that. So look for that. But definitely check it out on Blu-ray or DVD or streaming or whatever you've got these days, whatever the kids use these days. Mason, you have a recommend? I do. Um, I, I, I touched on it a little bit, and since we're... We just talked about a spy movie. It's a little film called Rattling Hub. <laughs> oh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy yeah. is one of it's some. It, it's crept up into my top ten favorite movies of all time, and I think it's just it's just brilliant. If you haven't seen it, give it a try. Don't expect the the uh, it to be very Bond. It's very much uh, intelligence based, and it's yeah. just it's just awesome, and I love it. That's a fantastic film. Hey, if you like uh, Lacar's stuff, who wrote that? Right, read. Um... Read the spy that came in from the cold, Mason. Yeah. If you ever That's want, a, like, yeah, I, I actually I bought. Um, get it on Audible. I, <laughs> you should. You a, should get it on Audible. I bought a ton of his stuff. I found a book that had has all three of the Carla trilogy in it, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've been yeah. kind of burning through that recently. But I'll definitely give that one a go. Yeah, that one's really fun. It's got some cool Cold War stuff, and it. it's a perfect length for a spy novel, nice. and uh, is is fantastic as well. Well, goody, Mason, a pleasure. So yeah, fun to talk thanks, to guys. you. Come back anytime. We'd love to have you. And uh, sure. we, we appreciate your differing opinion from Kent and your slightly differing opinion from Brian and myself. And uh, no, it was, it, was a, it was our pleasure. Cool. Thanks. It's a lot of fun. Good, good talking to you. Great talking to you. Where can we find you online, Mason? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, this is, uh, actually, if I, might, if I may, uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to ask for your guys' help. Uh, real quick, if you mm-hmm. if you go to my Twitter account at not Mason Merritt, two R's, two T's. Uh, my most recently pinned tweet is a contest that I'm in uh, to be flown to Paris this weekend, as oh, in nice. Paris, France. To be since I was brought on stage at a YouTube concert, they are offering to they're holding a contest to fly you back out to be on their HBO concert film. So I got a chance to enjoy Paris. So if you if listeners want to take a second, uh, Lily will take a second. Scroll through the list, find Mason, uh, and give me a vote. Then I'll be eternally grateful, and I'll send you all baguettes if I get there. So. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. We'll take care of that. Do that. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Brian, where can I find you on that? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing because I, I actually wrote a piece this last yes. week, which mm-hmm. was shocking for everyone I know. Uh, you can find that on madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Richard Barden, or you can find me at richardbarden.com. I wrote a little history of Mad About Movies a couple weeks ago if you haven't uh, read that yet. Kent, where would I find you? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Every episode we have ever done is on there. 
Only our most recent ones show up on iTunes or on our podcast feed. So if you want anything older, you're going to have to go on the site. Find it for yourself. It's a fun experience and a joy that I wish I could have, honestly. <laughs> but until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Those salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.